Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 306 DGS. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow at the Hardy's out of Mid-Rivers Mall. Should be a very nice day. Uh, temperate again. Sometimes we get screwed by rain or snow or something like that, but no excuse not to stop by, get a burger, get a soda, give us a buck, give us five, give us a thousand, whatever you guys can afford personally, family, or your company. Always a lot of very, very uh, generous people who stop by and celebrate helping people through the DGS. Last five years, you guys have raised $500,000, half a million dollars in five years. This year, we're sitting at 61000 We're hoping to get to seventy or seventy-five by Monday. That's the cutoff, so you can you can do it this weekend as well. So we're hoping to see you there tomorrow. Uh, first 30 people who want to give me 30 bucks for a brand new DGS shirt, uh, we'll have them. They're in my Jeep ready to go tomorrow. I would get there pretty early, though. Wheels, what do you got for uh, Stairway to Kevin? Let's do a little sports-related one here. It's because it's getting a lot of buzz right now with Blues fans and sports fans in St. Louis. But uh, obviously, we talked about Barubi's firing uh, the other day. And today, they had their first practice with the new coach, uh, actually, no, they didn't. That was yesterday. But they're getting ready for their first game tonight under the new coach. And after the skate today, Jordan Cairo was asked about Baruby being fired. And his exact response was, I have no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Mm. How does that hit you guys? As non-sports fans, somebody, so obviously Baruby has been Cairo's coach since Cairo broke in, right? I mean, he was there as a rookie as a part of the Stanley Cup season. So they've been um, they've been together for a good number of years now, and a guy that has coached you for that long, that's what you have to say about that. How does that strike you guys? Even even as like not diehard sports people, it strikes me as classy or cowardly, but very little in between. And I just don't know the guy to be able to judge which it is. To me, if let's say like there was a parting of ways between me and you, Dave, and someone was like, what do you think of Dave Glover? Would send a message. Oh, yeah. And I think that message would be like, I don't like him. I mean, that's what it smacks of to me. It's just like bitterness and but I mean, I could be off base. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. How does it hit you? I, it's that it, it comes across as a guy who doesn't get it. He doesn't see his own flaws if he's going to blame the coach for what's been going on. Right. I mean, the coach, I'm sure Barube has been hard on him and he was hard on Cairo, especially when he was a much younger player, demanding that he does the things that the other guys do. They want you to play all of the ice, right? Go play on the defensive side too. go in the corners and go get the puck. Sometimes you have to play physical. Sometimes you got, and he has not done that. I mean, it's just a fact. Everybody that watches the blues knows that Cairo does not do some of those things. 
And he's been around long enough where youth is not an excuse anymore. He's getting paid $8 million a year. So if you don't like that the coach was hard on you, maybe you should have done the things he was asking you to do. And this reminds me of so many. I was talking about this with Amy earlier. Um, this sounds a lot like what happened with a lot of other young players, right? Brett Hall always talks about how tough Ken Hitchcock was on him in Dallas and how he hated it. He hated Hitch because Hitch was demanding that he plays defensively, that he's more responsible, that he's a better teammate. You can't just go score. It's got to be more than that. Um, and yet, guess who was right? Yeah. Ken Hitchcock was right. I don't and, and, Brett Hull, and Brett Hall will tell you he that. He says that now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely will tell you that. Um, it happened. Like, Scotty Bowman was famous. You know, he obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time. Famous for his players hating him because he was hard on them. And every one of them will say, you know what? He was right. You know, Steve Eiserman's their star. And for a long time, he was, I mean, he always was, but he was like a great scorer. He's one of the top, it was him and Lemieux and Gretzky. And they were like the top three scorers in the league all the time. And when Bowman got there, Bowman was like, that's great. You can keep doing that, but you got to, you got to play both ways. You've got to play 200 feet. You've got to play the whole game. You've got to be responsible defensively. You've got to be able to do these things. He goes, you'll, otherwise you'll just put up numbers and you'll never win anything. And guess who was right? And I know that Cairo is relatively young, but you're not that young at 25, 26. I'm a little surprised. Uh, at the, now, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know what's going on over text between the players. But having become friends with a few Blues players over the years, they don't seem shy about calling each other out. The sport seems much more tough guy oriented. So I'm a little, I would be a little surprised if the fellow blues players aren't saying something to him like, Hey dude. Yeah. I mean, look, nobody says you have to come out and kiss the guy's butt. You don't have to lie. You don't have to say, Oh, it's so terrible. I'm like, maybe you are relieved, but you can still be respectful, right? If someone passes away that you weren't a huge fan of, right? Is the day that they die the time to rip them a new one? No. Most people don't because you know other people care about that. Yeah, good point. You know, I mean, like, there are players in that locker room that did love Craig Berube. There are people in the front office who love that guy. Your, your general manager is friends with that guy. He had to fire his friend in part because guys like Kairu never got it. You know, you got to be better at – you have to be good at more than one thing in this sport. Yeah. To be a really good player, and he's not even good at that right now. He's 150th in the league in scoring. Hmm. You know, he's supposed to be a scorer. Your His performance is part of what got the coach fired and how you don't have the sense to just understand whether you agree with that or not. Just say something reasonably respectful. Again, you don't have to lie and be like, oh, I loved coach. I'm so sad. You don't have to do any of that. But that kind of that comes across to me as a smart ass answer, yeah. As opposed to somebody who's actually thought. I mean, again, is that the way the the world's taking it online? It's a mix. I mean, you know, you've got the you've got the the internet tough guys that are like, so he's being honest. Why is everybody being a baby? Like, okay, then be honest. Yeah, I mean, if is you're gonna go all honest? in, go all in. Because if that's how you feel, say it. Would you respect that more, Wheels? I would. I mean, it, I would disagree with it, but yes. It's it's kind of the half-assed version of it that bothers me. Is you're going to be dismissive, passive-aggressive, dismissive, passive-aggressive, smart-ass, as opposed to saying, look, we didn't get along. I didn't always appreciate how it went, 
but I wish him well. I don't really understand the idea of a of a player putting any of his own performance on like a coach, right? I mean, I don't like if I'm not doing a good job on the air, that's got nothing to do with Steve. It's not Steve's fault that I'm doing a bad job. I just don't I don't know, understand that's a, like That's a good analogy. Um so I did 20 years on the air uh with great success and they just let me go. I mean, you guys were there. They yeah, just yeah. let me go. And then I came over here, he came away. And it's not like Steve Moore is a ball buster, but Steve will text me during a segment and say, reintroduce the guest, like Radio 101. Mm-hmm. And I have brought enough shoulders to admit it. Uh, I have avoided radio rules by being me. By being like, just let him go, rattle his cage, and let the genius go out, right? And I, to a, a degree, bought into that hype. And so three years ago, when I got on KMOX and Steve started coaching me, at first I was like, um, maybe check out the podcast numbers. Maybe look at the revenue numbers and just, you know, tell the other guys what to do. And it, But I learned very quickly. And it didn't take me long to, to admit to myself, he's absolutely right. He's 100% right. And uh, the fact that you may be good at one thing, like Cairo, doesn't mean you shouldn't strive to be as good as you can be at every aspect of what you do because you owe that to your audience, whoever that happens to be. You owe that to your employer, whoever that happens to be. And I learned a lesson in the past three years to be a little more humble, to try a little harder to work on the basics because I, I will be better at what I do and everyone's going to be better off for it. But yeah, at first I was a little like itchy. Now imagine if everybody could watch you do all those things on TV. Yeah. Watch because it happen. Every blues fan is watching the games and they're seeing the things he's not doing and the things, and it's, and I want to be very clear. He's not the reason Craig Berube got fired. The team is, they're not good enough all around. They don't have enough talent. I think Barubi shares some of the blame for what went wrong. Everybody does. If you're the coach, you're you're a part of it. You share it. If you're the GM, you share it. If you're a player, you're a part of it. I put more on performance on players because they're the ones actually out there. They're the ones that are getting paid a lot of money to be out there, and you get paid based on what you've shown you're capable of. And what people expect is that you're going to play reasonably close to the level you're expected to play at. It's not on him. It's not on one person. But when we can all see that you're not doing the things that your coach clearly demands of everybody on the team, you don't get to be a brat about it. I can see that you're not in the corners. I can see that you're not playing responsible in your own zone. I can see that you avoid contact even when it means giving up the puck. We can see it. It's different for us because they don't. nobody sees our behind the scenes. Nobody... You know, we don't we don't just see it when Kairu scores. We see all those other things too, and it's and it's just super dimwitted to act like it's someone else's fault when we can watch you out there either doing or not doing your job. And why do you think fans love guys like Braden Shen? Yeah. Why do you think Backus. they love David Backus? Why do you think they loved Alex Petrangelo? Why do you think they love David Perron? Yep. Because they cared enough to do all of those things. And again, learn from some of the greats. How many times, have, I mean, again, I mentioned the Brett Hull story. That's one of the ultimate ones where this is a guy that had to learn that even though he was an, an amazing scorer. By the way, way better scorer than Jordan Cairo is. 
I mean, we're talking about a guy that was scoring 80 goals. You know, we're not talking about 37. Who, uh, this is a, purely a sports question. Who would be, in in your mind, the best mix of ridiculously talented yet work their butt off and love to hit people but was a natural scorer? Like, who had the most complete game? I mean, there's a... The, the, are you talking just Blues or everybody? Everybody. I mean, I think Alex Ovechkin fits a lot of that. I'm not saying he's a great defensive player, but he's physical. Um, Mark Messier would definitely fit that that category of the guy that was big and strong and tough in front of the net and takes the beating. And I think that, you know, Gretzky wasn't big like that, so he wouldn't have been that guy. But he was a smart defensive player who could disrupt passes and poke pucks away and things along those lines. And I think that's kind of the point, what separates those types of players is just that, that they're more than just one thing. And if you're just one thing, then you need to be the best at it. And something tells me that those guys would have been like that, whether a coach told them to or not. Well, that's, yeah, that's why it's why they are who they are. They were going to stop you if they had a chance. Right. And and again, everybody's got a little bit different style because everybody's got different physical traits, right? Kyrou's not a big guy, but he's really fast and he's very skilled and he's very talented. Um, so no, he's not going to, he shouldn't play like David Backus played, right? You don't want him to be reckless with his body and be slamming people into the boards because he's going to get hurt doing that. It's not his game, but that again, that doesn't mean you can't do the other things. Some of the other greats that we can talk about Gretzky. I mentioned Steve Eiserman, Steve Eiserman became a great defensive forward. He's not a big guy. He wasn't David Backus slamming people around, but there are ways to do those things that are required for being a winning player. And if you're not doing them, we all can see it. 324 DGS, Dave Murray's uh, weekend forecast coming up next. Rach, what do you got? Okay, so Uber Facts on Twitter asked people what they thought were some societal norms that will fade out of style in the next 50 years or so. And people on Twitter replied with some of these. I thought these were pretty good. Uh, gender reveal parties. That's that is kind of it is strange when you think about it. That it seems like half the population goes like gender isn't even a real thing, and the other half is like we must uh, blow up a mm-hmm. small building in pink smoke to <laughs> mm-hmm. signify that we are having a girl. It's just a weird split in society. But I could see that fading away um, as the years go on, especially you know since it started forest fires and stuff. Um, the traditional nine to five work schedule might be reevaluated now that we have remote work and flexible arrangements and all this stuff with AI that we were talking about with George. So that will probably be fading away. And Let seeing- me stop you there. So when George was on, he said that our kids would probably have a 20 to 25 hour work week. And I made the comment that my grandpa Glover worked in the coal mines when he was a kid. And so my work week looks like nothing to him. And that's probably how our kids will look at it with us. Is there any way that's a bad thing for them? I mean, we've, we've, all of the things that we go by are arbitrarily decided. Why is it a 40 hour work week? Why isn't it 32? Why isn't it 42? I mean, like it's arbitrary as it is. Yeah. What should be the standard is, do you accomplish your assigned duties? And if you do, why does it matter if it's 20 hours or 40 hours? Because I've had jobs, not not in radio, because when you're on the air, you're on the air. It's kind of easy to know if you're working or not. But I've had jobs where I was like an office temp in the summer or whatever in college. I had eight-hour days. I sat there doing nothing for three or four hours because I got done everything they gave me, and I just sat there because 
they needed me to because yeah. if I didn't sit there, something was wrong with company policy or whatever. It's just stupid. Vaping is another one that people think will go away in the future. I just feel like once we get all the data back on that and how bad it is for your lungs and stuff, I'm not think, sure. Do you think we ever phase out smoking? Yeah, in one cigarettes? way or another. Yeah, like nicotine, I, I guess. Do we ever phase that out entirely, tobacco and nicotine? I would think that if we do, it's because it's been replaced by something else. Yeah, I would agree with that. The concept of retirement may be redefined as people living longer and having healthier lives. The traditional notion of working until a certain age and then completely retiring might involve into a more flexible approach. Hmm. We're kind of down that path now, yeah, right? I think so. I mean, I think bit. the boomers are the ones that are kind of starting that. Yeah. Which is interesting. I mean, like, my dad's retired, but he doesn't just sit around. He works. I mean, I don't have a normal job, but I'm turning 60 next year. That's absolutely the time when you start thinking, okay. Is it 62? Is it 65? And I just I just have no plans. I, I really yeah. don't. I, I mean, I guess the audience will tell me when it's time to hang up the cleats. But until that time, and I know it's a cliche, like, what would I do all day? But for real, what would I do all day? Yeah. I, you know? If you're having fun and you're still good at what you're doing, there's no reason to stop. And again, when life expectancy was 68... Right. Maybe you do want to retire at 60 and have some time, right? Yeah. But if your life expectancy is 80... You just sit around for 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 333 DGS. Dave joins us. Hello, Dave. Hello there. How are you? You guys are fast today. Yeah. No wow. messing around. Straight to it. <laughs> Dave, tell us the weather. <laughs> Quick. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty out there now. Yeah. Yeah, another uh, you know nice evening. Nothing weird. It's dry. Uh, temperatures drop out of the fifties into the upper forties. Boy, we take that this time of year. Perfect day again tomorrow. Let's call it partly sunny and fifty-eight. Next system, it's kind of a weak system. It's it's a little low pressure system that's going to be passing uh, to our south or almost right over us, along with a little cold front. 
just don't see a lot with it, but there'll be a lot of clouds around Friday. The evening should be dry. A couple of showers breaking out towards Saturday morning, only 39 for the low. Saturday will be cloudy. There'll be some light rain around from time to time. I don't think it's an all-day rain, but the best chance for some light rain will be mid to late afternoon on Saturday. Definitely rain, 48 degrees. That rain comes to an end Saturday evening fairly quickly. 38 for the low, and on Sunday, partly sunny, and 52 degrees. Thinking if we were to get a quarter of an inch out of this, that would be a lot. It, but we'll take every drop we can get. It's very, very dry. A little long range for you. Looks like this relatively mild weather, let's say near to above average temperatures right into Christmas. But they are now starting to show some signs of some colder air, some, some winter cold getting in here by the first of the year. Long way off, but... I know you're itching to get that information. Kind of spoiled. Yeah, we've been kind of spoiled. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even at night, you know, I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm fostering a, a dog right now. And so I'm going out, you know, take it for a walk, take it, let it go to the bathroom at night and stuff like that. And uh, even at, at its coldest so far, it's just kind of pleasantly nippy. Not yeah, a big deal. Yeah. And, and, and not a surprise. December was, was meant to be yeah. relatively mild. When you go out with a dog, do you... Uh, Take care of yourself, too, at the same time. Uh, <laughs> you just got a real reaction out of Rachel. Um, no. Interesting choice of words. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never heard it called uh, that specifically. Right. Yes. yes. Not in that context. Well, it is. Yes. It is KMOX. Come on. <laughs> right. Well, yes. Um, no. No. Okay. Neighbors too okay. close. And, okay. uh, and, yeah, three strikes and you're out. So... <laughs> A uh, little <laughs> tiny topic here, and uh, it's going to sound like I'm just going to tell you about my dream, which everyone hates, but it just was, this is what made me think of it. I had a dream last night where I was uh, playing in my band, and I was playing drums, and I have a lot of frustration dreams. Uh, I think a lot of people do, but I had three different drum sets, none of which I'd ever really owned, and they were all Mother of Pearl finished. Are you with me? You all know mm -hmm. what Mother of Pearl sure. is? Yep. And they were all different colors of Mother of Pearl. And what blows me away about dreams is that my brain created a very complicated pattern of mother of pearl on three different drum sets with three different colors and the variations of how the light hits them and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. It's one thing that I have a dream about Wheeler. Well, I know what Wheeler looks like. I recreate him, but like, that's nuts yeah. how we create that much that detail in weird, a dream. Yeah. And then it got me to thinking that uh, I, as Nick says, I've been like Malibu Barbie in my life. I've had lots of iterations of Dave, but drums were probably the thing. If I died right now, not friends and family, obviously, but if I died right now and I went in front of the council of elders and they're like, what did you love? I think drums were my most passionate thing, probably because I discovered them when I was about 10. And I just remember, uh, just devouring the modern drummer magazines and looking at the ads and going to Halpin's Music and Alton and just touching the drums, you know, that I couldn't begin to afford and the, the gold sparkle finish. And it was just magic to me. What in your guy's life has been magic to you? Hmm. Well, being on the show, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? Work. Yeah. Work. <laughs> just a lot only, of only thinking about work at all times. No, that's a that's a hard question because it's like there's a lot of stuff that you'd have to sort through and be like, because to me everything feel, can feel like magic. I mean, the fact that I can. 
go into a fantasy world and play video games in my house and they like there's you can get lost in it mm-hmm. Th- that's magic the fact that i can stream almost anything i want anytime i want Everything with science feels like magic. Not so much that magic to you. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. One. That's what I mean. I yeah. have one too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, maybe I misspoke. Like I don't mean technologically. I mean like when I was fifteen or sixteen. If you'd have said define yourself with one word, I would have said drummer. Hundred yeah. percent. That's yeah, yeah. what. That's who I am. That's what I do. Soccer kind of took over after that, but that was. I my, see what you mean. That was I my life's passion. I don't know that I've ever been as passionate about anything more than that. Other than family. What about you, Rach? Um, to me, like the magic thing, whenever I was, especially when I was a kid, was like going to the library and looking through all the books and being able to go into a different world like that. And it carried over into adulthood when we went on that tour of Central Library downtown and they took us to the room with all the yeah. old books. I, mm. I thought I was going to start crying for some Ooh. reason because they were like, this is from the 1400s. And it was it was like an overwhelming experience. It was yeah. just crazy. Yeah, I misunderstood what you meant, but I, I, it's baseball. That's it. I mean, it's always been that. I mean, I don't know. This is a weird way to put it, but it ha- it, it's got like uh, more meaning to it than it should for me. Yeah, it's you a good way I mean? to put it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not religious, but it's pretty close. Yeah, that's a good way to like put it. Like the love for it is like that. I'm a very, uh, don't jump on this one and make bad jokes, but I'm a very either sensual or sensuous person, whichever it is that I used to love to take. Uh, my brother was very anal and you don't touch his stuff and don't ever let me catch you looking at my guitars. Uh, and when he was gone, I would pull the guitar case from under his bed, open it, <laughs> touch that orange fake fur of the inside of a guitar case smell the wood of the guitar very tactile and like with baseball i used to just smell my mitt like i loved that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. andrew got anything yeah probably my uh my card games i like to play they really kind of um discovering those really kind of opened my world up in a lot of ways I, i think about things differently now i think that they've maybe made me a little smarter made me a little more um methodical I guess I don't know, and they give they they're nice because they kind of give you something to think about. Just whenever you know, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I guess. Yeah, no, it, I think it is. I, that's why I misunderstood it at the beginning because I was thinking more of like things that impressed me as opposed yeah. to things that have it. So, like as an example, we we always sometimes will joke about Disney adults, but that's what it is, right? It's that it's got that magical feel to it. And I used to tease my kid all the time because she always believed in Disney magic when she was little. And I'm like, well, I believe in baseball magic. And she's like, there's no baseball magic. And I'm like, well, no, it is. Like Everybody has that mm-hmm. something. Sometimes it's more than one thing. Yeah. Dave, how about you? It, you know, the obvious, because I'm one-dimensional and boring. It, it, meteorologist, <laughs> you know, the, the thrill of forecasting the weather. Yeah. You know, that, you know to- what I've always wanted to do. And, and I can't see a day going by without doing that. Yeah, which is fantastic. You you made a living, a really good living out of your obsession. Mm-hmm. Right. One thing that I've allowed to happen, I'm a little mad at myself for, that I've never been a trained drummer. I grew up with Ringo and, you know, and I can play everything he can play. I couldn't have made it up. You right. see what I'm saying? Right. I didn't have the creative genius to be a Ringo, but I can I can play pretty much stroke for stroke what he plays. But modern drummers today... Metal drummers and double kick drummers and stuff, I, I, I can't even touch it. And I don't play much at all anymore. And part of it, I can admit, is that. Like when I'm on TikTok and I'm seeing an eight year old kid 
who's literally a hundred times better than me, it kind of has taken away my love for it, which is dumb because like Wheeler, you can't stand next to Contreras. No. And go, let's go toe to toe. No. And, but you would still love to play. But it's this, it's the same vibe though, right? It's like, I can't create it. I can't do what they do, but I can do a version of it. Yeah. I, I can imitate some of it. There are things that I can, but it's interesting that when I see younger people, I mean, I've coached kids that at 14 could do things I couldn't do in college. And I'm like, I, it actually gets, the, it has the opposite effect where I like it even more. I'm like, this is amazing how crazy this is. But then again, it's also, I have a relationship with that person. It's yeah. not some mm-hmm. random person somewhere else. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that changes the vibe because you, you experience it with them a little bit more when it's somebody that you're around as mm-hmm. opposed to some distant person. Yeah. I'm very fortunate that if I did die and go in front of the Council of Elders, uh, one of the things I have loved about my life is that I have had many passions like that. And there are some people, God love them, who, if I ask them that question, would really truly go blank. It would just be like, I don't know. I uh, liked Barney Miller back in the seventies, you know, and, and, <laughs> and so I'm very, that very fish guy was good. Yeah, very, very glad that I've been the kind of person who didn't study enough and didn't work hard enough because they were busy uh, pursuing meaningless passions. <laughs> you know, that Nothing turned out is... to be like the cornerstone of my life. Yeah, that, that they're not meaningless though. I mean, they might be to other people, but they're not, and. I, <laughs> And if you didn't, though, think about all the things now that you may be less impressed by when you learn them as opposed, you know, when you start getting into, would you even, would you, if you had, if you had reversed all that when you were young, if you were super academic and super into all that, would you still have that same interest in learning new things and studying them now? Maybe, 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 but maybe not. Mm -hmm. You could, you could be more focused on the, the fun or the hobbies or the things you did chase and why not chase them when you're young enough where that's still a possibility that it could be what you end up doing? No one knows. God, no God, reincarnation, heaven, hell, blackness. No one knows. But let's just say that uh, you do get to do it over again. Not like, oh, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have this. Nothing dark or big like with family. But in general, what what would you do more of or less of? Oh, easy answer. I would have been way more of a workout fiend. Like from an earlier age. Wow. If that, it, that would I expect it. Nope. That would, I mean, because it would have benefited me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, there are things you cannot make up for in athletics. I mean, there are times you just sometimes some people just don't have certain abilities, right? It's not, you can't say that every single person, for example, can throw 100 miles an hour. They can't. Some people, biologically, the way their body works, it just can't happen. You can't yeah. do it. But that's the only way I could have done more than I did. I know Rachel's, or at least one of them. That you would have gone to university. Yeah. See, I and I, I really mean this. Like Doc Hagen uh, and Dr. Knoyer and Dr. Solman and Chris Pruitt, they're different humans than me. I, I should never have become a doctor. Those guys should have. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We might take an IQ test and, and be somewhere around the same, but there's a different kind of person that can be a doctor or a really good lawyer. Rach is that kind of person. She's a good radio personality, but she could have done more. I'm not sure I could have done more. And I'm not being self-deprecating, tell me I'm pretty. I know myself pretty well. Mm -hmm. There'd be a long line of dead patients had I become a doctor. (laughs) Because I would have like, squirrel. You know, like I just couldn't do it. 
Uh, but you probably wish you would have gone farther. Yeah, I do. Um, that's part of it. And then another thing, you know, just sitting having this conversation, I wish that I would have played sports when I was a kid. I wanted to, but I was always, I wasn't pushy about it. I was pretty shy. Like, I remember like saying like, I want to play softball, but I, I didn't make it like, you know, I didn't put it on my parents' plate as far as like, let's get this done. Um, but now that I'm an adult, just like, especially like spending time with wheels, like I understand now, like how valuable sports can be in every other aspect of your life. Those lessons you learn. And I just kind of wish I had that foundation. That's really true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are, I'm sure I, I know there are other things, but it's so valuable to learn one, how to function in a group dynamic. Yeah. But also that you're gonna fail, mm, yeah. and it's and it's normal and regular, and it's always going to happen. And I, I think again, it's not only sports. I think, um, you know, my sister's a dancer. You have the same thing there. Mm -hmm. You know, you're working within a group. You are going to fail. Sometimes you're gonna win. Sometimes you're gonna finish eighth. You know, you just don't know. I do think all of that's really valuable, but it's you know, not. It's not like the be all end all. Mm -hmm. Here's something weird. I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that I went through sports in the era when coaches could still yell at you. <laughs> for real. Because yeah, looking, really. looking, Hallelujah. I was terrified of them. But looking back, I know they cared about me. Yeah. I know they all cared about me. It wasn't out of meanness. Like, and there's just some, I don't know, it's like a rite of passage. They were never abusive, but I loved being an athlete in the 70s and 80s when they would just be like, just on you. I still yell at people. Do you, well, that didn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> but not a, not even uh, trying. You're just... But you're right. It's also <laughs> it's after try, after establishing though that you do care about the person. You can't just start off that way and stay that way. There's got to be more than yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Alrighty. Three fifty two DGS. We were just talking about the last segment we did about what was magical, and Rachel's like, "I'm a dork." I said the library, and. Uh, I remember so distinctly, I never felt smart in my life, because I was pretty much told I wasn't, and when I was in law school, I would go into the law library, mm -hmm. and I would sit, you know, at a table in a corner with my leather law books, and I'd just be like, learning technology. <laughs> it was just such a vibe, <laughs> which I had never, like, I'd never even been to a library before that. It's like, why would I go to a library? Yeah. So I, I get it. Can I ask you guys a question? Do you remember the first time you got on a computer? Duh. I'm waiting for it. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was it was the one we bought at my house. We bought, believe it or not, an Atari computer. Wow. It was made by the, the video game company. And it was the thing you like you had to like write the code in to get it to do things. I had an uncle that knew Ooh, all that I stuff. I remember and, that. And like he could teach you how to write a code and you could put it in. It's like, do this. And then it would show like this little dog going over and peeing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We had an Apple computer, and I don't really remember much about it other than the games that my brother used to play on it. Like there was a baseball game, but it was very rudimentary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what I'm? Do you know what game I'm talking about? Maybe? I mean, there were. I, I'm sure I had them back. You want to talk about magic? The old computer games that were almost basically just like you would just uh, they call them point and click games because you mm. just like point yeah. and click and yeah. stuff, and it would. Yeah. Go, that was some magic. Yeah. That was some, or the, uh, mine the, was the in television. Game. Oh my God. In television was, Dup. that was our as game deep system. As I got. When my dad bought that, we were just like, it's color. <laughs> Cause the Ataris back then were not. Dude, I sound like Methuselah, but I remember the day Eddie O'Neill got Pong. 
I mean, literally, I remember the first kid who had Pong. Yeah. And just yeah. sitting there, like, slack-jawed. Yeah. That you could, can just little knobs, doink, 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 doink. Man, when, when we got the Intellivision, too, it was like, oh, my God, it's color. Like, the teams were red and blue. <laughs> and everything's two-dimensional, right? There's no 3D, yeah. so it's really weird. Did you play Pitfall? No. Oh, my Not God. I, I love Oh, Pitfall is the best. It was a game where if you put up a high enough score, you're supposed to take a picture of it and send it into the company oh, and no. give you a prize. No, <laughs> so you take a picture with the camera and have the it's film tall developed cotton. and then yeah, mail yeah, it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mail it in. Yep. Took a while. <laughs> Is it weird? Now we're getting really existential. Is it weird that you guys are going to be old one day? Yep. Has it hit you? Yeah, it's hitting me. It's hitting me extremely hard, uh, especially this company keeps hiring like 20 Babies. year olds. Stop, Babies. Yeah. Stop hiring all these young like, kids. Stop hiring yeah. all the children. Tiny infants. Yeah, they're eight month olds. I'm supposed to be the youngest one here, okay? That's- yeah, no, I, when I was hired, I was literally the youngest employee at MS St. Louis. And now, like, these kids are coming in and they're like, don't talk to me. You're 15 years older than I am. <laughs> Weird. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.